following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. Again, lots of, lots of stuff to do today, lots of things to talk about. Um, before we get into our Lenten stuff, I want to give you a quick update on uh, the Deeply Rooted Revisited that we've done the past couple of weeks. Um, if you weren't here the last couple of weeks, especially if you weren't here a year and a half ago, this might be totally new stuff to you, but I think most of you are kind of in the loop on this by now. Um, some of you are very much in the loop as we'll see, but um, we are raising money to help pay for our building and for the expansion that we want to do to the sanctuary to make room for you and your friends and our neighbors, uh, because we've obviously been pretty full lately. And uh, last week, we, I gave you some pledge cards uh, and asked those of you who are committed to Artisan in one way or another to consider making a gift or a pledge, or extending a pledge that you've already made uh, for those of you who were uh, with us a year and a half ago and, and got involved in the campaign then. And uh, as is so often the case with this kind of thing, I really had no idea what to expect from that. I mean, we'd, we did a little two-week mini-series and uh, just, just had one week of giving you these pledge cards and giving you a chance to return them. And so I had no idea what to expect. Uh, if, we'd, if we'd come up with this number here, um, the, the, that, um, what is it, 641? I, I probably, I wouldn't have been all that surprised. After all, it was only one week. But it turns out we needed a comma um, in front of that and a number in front of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Lent. We're not supposed to say hallelujah, <laughs> but hallelujah. <laughs> um, and this is just one week of, of this. Now, if you remember, we're, we're, our big concern right now is, is um, the sprinkler system that we need to install. And we estimate that that's going to cost us an additional fifty dollars to $60,000 that we weren't expecting to have to spend on this project. And that's the reason we came back to you and asked you to extend these pledges and ask those of you who are new here to maybe get involved a little bit for the first time. And after one week... We have almost completely knocked out the cost of those sprinklers. Um, now, this isn't all money that came in in, a, in, a, in checks in the last seven days. Realize that these are, this is pledged giving um, in most cases. People did make some uh, upfront contributions again, and that we are so grateful, so grateful for, for all of what you have done. Um, now, I know some of you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, and so um, I need one person from each section. I am going to give you these pledge cards again. Um, so one person from each of these sections come up and just hand them out here. If you've already taken one, um, you don't need to take another one unless you want to make an additional one, but that would be a little weird. So, uh, But if, if you haven't yet uh, gotten involved and you would like to with this, this kind of updated thing, remember there's, there's three ways you can get involved with this depending on where you've been. If you're brand new to Artisan in the last year and a half, but it has become your church home, we're asking you if you'd consider making an upfront gift and or a a recurring pledge for two years. That's the same thing that we asked of our people a year and a half ago. And if you are already involved in the campaign, we've asked you to consider making an additional gift if you're able, a one-time gift, and or um, extending your pledge by a period of one year so that you would have given for a total of three years at the end of it. That's the really basic rundown, and um, hopefully it's, uh, 
there's a little bit more to come uh, with this, but I have to say that I am uh, sort of amazed <laughs> in a good way. Um, and just when I think that you great people can't be any more generous, um, we've asked a lot of you this, this year, we really have. Um, we've asked a lot, of you, a lot of you in the last two years. So pretty, pretty amazing stuff. And I didn't bring my stickers here with me. Anybody got an Artisan Church sticker on your car now? I have one on my car. By the way, um, those stickers, if you put them on your car, so help me. Do not honk at people. Do not flip them off. Do not cut them off. Do not tailgate them. <laughs> yes. Okay? Yeah, put it on your fixed gear bike or something. Um, so, <laughs> I did say last week that the stickers were only one day only, but if, if you didn't get one of the stickers last time because you didn't, weren't here last week, the deal is if you, if you complete one of these cards uh, today, I'll give you a, a free sticker to put on your car. It's, uh, it's the least we could do to give you a $1.50 sticker um, for your <laughs> ongoing gifts and support of the ministry here. And then we'll have the stickers for sale, too. If you, if you want a sticker but can't do a pledge right now, you can... You can just make a, a, like a small one-time donation of a few bucks, and that would be enough to get you a sticker. We don't want to keep anybody away from having a sticker. Okay. So I, I, I wasn't sure I was going to do this this week, but when Elliot emailed me with the, uh, the totals that we received after last week's um, pledge cards, I couldn't wait to share that with you. So well done, all of you. I'm truly, truly impl- impressed and amazed. I hope it won't sound too pat to say that uh, in the midst of pain and grief, the gospel of Christ is good news. And so I would like now to invite Jolene up, and she's going to read our gospel passage for today. Um, during Lent, we're going to be reading all the passages from the Revised Common Lectionary, and they won't all be used in the sermon. We won't expound on them all, but we believe that we are shaped and formed by the Bible and that it's just one of many ways for, for me to, to give a teaching from the Bible. You can, of course, and should study on your own. And uh, I also believe that just hearing the words read aloud and allowing them to soak into you uh, is an important discipline for those of us who, who trust in the Bible uh, as our source and authority and our, our knowledge of God. And so, um, given that this is sort of a traditional thing to do, Let me ask you to stand for the reading of the gospel. The gospel of the Lord according to Luke. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. 
Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The word of the Lord. You can be seated. The time when Abram, who would come to be known as Abraham, met the one true God, he was like everybody else that he knew. He was a wandering herdsman who probably worshipped whatever primitive God seemed most likely to protect or bless him at a given moment. Abram and his wife were childless, and in an era before birth control, they had been childless long enough to know that there would be no baby coming for them. So when God spoke to Abram and said, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abram could have been forgiven for scoffing, but instead he had faith in God's word, and he acted on it, and he went up from where he was, and God kept his promise course, was not without its twists and turns, but Abraham, as he came to be known, did eventually have a son with his wife, Sarah. His son Isaac had sons, and Isaac's son Jacob had 12 sons, and those of you who grew up in Sunday school know this story about how the favored son, Joseph, had the coat of many colors and was sold into slavery by his jealous brothers and taken to Egypt. And if you were paying attention to the passage that Matt read from Deuteronomy this morning that referred to that, you remember what happened, which is that the people of God, the children of Abraham, all eventually migrated to Egypt where they were enslaved by the Egyptians and oppressed until Moses, the great prophet of God, led them out of Egypt in what's known as the Exodus. You can read about that in the book of the same name. But the people were disobedient to God and haughty, to use the King James word. And so they wandered for 40 years in the desert. And they were always at war with their neighbors And when they were finally ready to step into the promised land, to take possession of that which God had promised to Abraham so many years before, Moses stood them up and gave them one last sermon. For you see, Moses had also been proud and disobedient and was forbidden from entering the promised land. The book of Deuteronomy, which just means the second word, is Moses retelling them all of their history, saying, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. 
and it's in the midst of that sermon that he said the words that Matt read, Matt read earlier. And when you understand that the, the people were about to go into the promised land where the, the grapes were huge and it was flowing with milk and honey, that the offering that was required of them was the first fruits of that land. It took possession of the promised land, but again, they were disobedient and proud. And uh, if you know the further history of, of Israel and the Israelites, you know that they were eventually divided and conquered and sent into exile and lived in occupation. And it's into that last category contextually, that Jesus was born, that God became a human being, the Word became flesh and lived among us. In the midst of all this tension that had developed between Israel, the people of God, the chosen ones, and all of their neighbors, the pagans, the ones who were not chosen, it's into that tension that Jesus came. And the text from the lectionary that I want to focus on very briefly this morning speaks to the impossibly beautiful result that came about, became reality after Christ's death and resurrection. And it's from Romans chapter 10. If you'd like to follow along, you certainly can. It's always okay simply to listen as well. All this enmity and tension and warring with their neighbors, us and them, chosen and not, blessed and cursed. This is what the ministry of Jesus Christ did to that reality. This is the new reality that was ushered in. Start with the second half of verse 8 in chapter 10. The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. Verse 12. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I love that verse. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is generous to all who call on him. This is one of the most amazing things about the gospel. I just gave you a three-minute version of, of pretty much everything that precedes this verse that I just read to you. And it's the story of God's people trying to live out their calling as chosen, the children of Abraham, all the way up till the time of Jesus and his disciples that was understood to be and lived out to be a separated reality. 
a segregation between the people who are blessed by God and the people who are not. The people who are in religiously and the people who are out. The good and the bad, the holy and the evil. And then all of a sudden, the walls are smashed apart in the ministry of Jesus. The doors are flung wide open. The, that protective veil in the temple that, that just that keeps everybody but the highest, holiest priest out, and for him only once a year. That veil literally ripped in half on the day of Christ's crucifixion. Jew and Greek, slave and free, rich and poor, man and woman, barbarian, civilized one. None of those titles meant anything in the early days of the gospel. Jesus obliterated all of it. And the Apostle Paul reiterates that fact over and over and over again in his epistles, his letters to the churches that were forming. Remember, there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. Those of you who want to try to make Christian converts into good Jews before they can become real Christians, you are missing the point. (laughs) Those of you who are continuing to recognize societal barriers and classes rather than the the one that is in the oneness that is in Christ, you are missing the point. He says it over and over and over again. And if you look at the history of the Mediterranean basin at this time, purely from a secular perspective, you can observe that within Christendom these barriers do break down. That slavery stops being what it was. That um, while we don't get to perfect egalitarianism between men and women, 2,000 years later, we're still not there. But you can, you, you can see, you look at the work of Rodney Stark and others who study this period of time from a secular perspective in many cases, they will tell you that this reality was reality. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. One of the most amazing parts and inspiring parts of the gospel. Here's my concern. My concern is that we have uh, spent the past 2,000 years slowly and progressively screwing that up. So look back and see, what happened really with the children of Abraham? Was that they forgot a key part of their calling. Do you remember what God said? I quoted it to you briefly. When he called Abram, who wasn't yet named Abraham, he said, I'll make you a great nation. Why? so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you, he says to Abram, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God's calling on Abram from the beginning was that he would make them a special set-apart people so that they could be a blessing to everyone around them. And what did they turn that into, those idiots? They turned it into, we are chosen and you are not, and we don't even, literally, we don't even want to touch you. And then at the end of that Deuteronomy passage, did you catch this? At the very end of that, 
after all that war and conquest, just before they stepped into the promise, literally, stepped into this land, when, when Moses was explaining how to make that first fruits offering, after you've gone through all the ritual and everything, then you, together with the Levites, that's the priests, and the aliens who reside among you, shall celebrate with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. Even then, so many generations removed from Abram and the messing up of that call, Moses reminded them, built it right into the code. You, the priests, and the aliens have a big party. That's what it was supposed to look like. Of course, they messed it up. They didn't live it out. And now we who have been made heirs to that same promise that was given to Abraham ought to be aware of the risk that we could do the same thing. Is the church living out its full calling to be that place where dividing walls are destroyed? Where the doors are wide open? Where there is no longer Jew or Greek or black or white? Where there is no longer male and female? Christ is in all? Or are we sometimes just as exclusive and just as segregated as the Israelites were when Jesus came? The answer is letter B. At least sometimes. We don't have time, but I, I could certainly ask all of you to name a way that you see a separation and a segregationalism in, in the Christian church, even in our little wonderful pocket of it called Artisan. We don't have time, but that doesn't mean it's not there. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone. Let's pray. Almighty God, you who called Abram and promised to bless him so that he could be a blessing to all the families of the earth, you who became one of us Jesus, who lived among us, was crucified, died, and was buried, was raised on the third day and ascended to the Father. You who gave us the Holy Spirit, empowering us with good gifts for ministry, calling us to serve your church and our people. You who inspired the words of the Apostle Paul, Reminding us that in Christ Jesus, these walls have been broken down. Almighty God, we confess to you that we have failed to live out that reality. We humbly repent. And we pray and beg you that you would show us ways to restore that beautiful kingdom reality 
in our midst now that we would all have a taste of the beautiful end of all things when every knee shall bow and every tongue and tribe and nation will confess you as Lord in one voice. Lord, help us to make that a reality in our church here at Artisan Church now. Help us to pull that future into our present, we pray. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Well, um, I probably picked one or two too many things to do this morning, such as life. Um, the, the season of Lent is one of, of penitence and preparation for Easter, and so um, each week during Lent, we're going to, um, to practice uh, a spiritual discipline together. And um, we're all going to do the same one. So we're not giving up water or beer or any of that stuff this time. You can do that on your own if you want. But we're not asking you to do that as a community. What we're asking you to do as a community is rather than giving something up, we want you to take something on. And what we'd like you to take on are these spiritual practices. And and I've got these little wallet-sized cards. And uh, could I have the same four people or maybe four different people come up and and just hand these out? Um, These can go right in your pocket And on the card, each week will be printed a spiritual discipline and a meditative passage. This week's discipline is submission. It's a fairly open-ended one. Sometimes they'll be more specific, but this one says, practice laying aside the need to be in charge, spend time with God, and seek his will. And then the daily meditation was this week's psalm, or a portion of it. Take these cards with you. The idea is that you do the spiritual practice at least once during the week, and that you meditate on the passage once per day. And on the back, there's a little section for you to write down your thoughts and reflections. And uh, we have these really cool-looking hangers on the front of our wall here. And we'd like to ask those of you who are comfortable with bringing them back to bring them back next week and to come in and hang them up on these clothespins. Um, And we want to just see a visual representation of the spiritual practices of our whole community. Um, And if uh, if you miss a week... These, this whole thing is available, all, all six disciplines are available as a PDF, it's downloadable from our website. Uh, if you go to the uh, series page, you'll see a, a link to that. Go ahead and put those like, on the welcome table, all of them that are left, please. And if you didn't get one, you can get one on your way out. This is your spiritual discipline for the week. Let's all do it together, let's record our thoughts on it and, uh, and bring them in and share them with each other because we've, we travel this road together, don't we? Okay. Um, our response to hearing the word proclaimed is, is the table of the Lord. And uh, we want to invite you to be part of that now. Uh, our table is open to all who are following Jesus in this place. You don't have to have a special membership in our church or our denomination. Come and receive his body and blood. Um, we do this by intinction, which means you tear a piece of the bread and dip it in the, in the wine or the juice, whatever's more appropriate for you and your family. And... Um, Do it as an act of remembrance of Christ's sacrifice. Do it as an act of unity with each other and all the Christians in Rochester and New York and around the world and throughout time. It's a pretty cool thing. (laughs) And uh, do it and receive the food for your souls, nourishment for your spiritual journey, grace from God in the form of his son's body and blood. And if if you'd like prayer, you can receive prayer um, in in the front here in the corner. 
Uh, I think we have uh, a couple more songs to sing together as well. And um, when we're a little bit past our normal time, you can blame me and not the musicians <laughs> because it was my fault. But it's been good to be together. I, I trust that that's been true for you as well. Uh, let's continue to worship him for a few more minutes this morning uh, and respond as the Spirit leads you. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.